and we are live. Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of podcast land. And welcome to another episode of Knights of Pain Town, a City of Mist actual play podcast. The dulcet tones that you are currently listening to is provided by your lovely master of ceremonies, Mikey. You can follow me on my personal social medias at PopCultureGeek, or you can follow all of us here at the Divide Tribe Production. Make sure to give us a like follow to stay up to date on all the projects we got going on here at the Vibe Tribe, which is a lot. Seven actual play podcasts and three regular podcasts for a grand total of 10. So there's a little something for everyone. So make sure to go check it out. As always, I am joined by amazing cast of players because without them, none of this would be possible. So we're going to go around. They're going to introduce themselves, plug any socials and projects they got going on, as well as who they're playing as and their mythos. So eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Wesley, you will be the first to go. Hi, I'm Wes. I am going to be playing Jack Mac Mactier, the lovable wingman of the German hunk of love. And also, you can you'll probably again be hearing me on Call of the Deep. That's what I'm plugging, and it's going to be. I think I got a good feeling about today. I have a funny feeling that Friedrich may or may not be. He'll be okay. He'll be fine. Even God himself couldn't kill him. We will get into that. That's going to be a fun one for sure. Okay, next person to be joining us tonight is Echo. Hello, I am Echo from very uh, from various other D5 Tribe Productions podcast. You got to listen to them all like you got to catch them all. I will be playing Corey O'Reilly, your lovable Irish mobster again. With And I believe that is it with the mythos of Dagda. Ashadon. Nice. And then last but certainly not least, we have Josh. Hello, hello, it's Josh again. You may know me as MG Preacher from TikTok. You would definitely recognize me if you've watched any other actual play podcasts here on the D&D Vitribe community. Tonight, I will play, be playing as Friedrich Krupp, Pain Town's very own canine police handler. And if you know anything about any type of mythology, you would make the connection between canine handlers and me having the, the mythos of Cerberus, guardian of the underworld. We love to see it. Alrighty, with introductions out of the way, we are going to get into our opening monologue. And so this monologue, this episode is brought to you by Corey. So Corey, go ahead and take it away. Last time... We were at Knights of Pain Town. Lots of stuff happened. We got in the car. We made a plan. We we got weapons first. We made a plan. Where you are currently executing the plan. And I am waiting for the part of the plan where you just throw away the plan. I believe that is all I can recap as Corey O'Reilly. Goodbye. Yo, honestly, though, that's exactly what happens. There are four steps to the plan. Make the plan, execute the plan, wait for the plan to go off the rails, rails. and throw away the plan. Okay. So, essentially, that is exactly what happened. You guys made a plan to figure out how to take down this banshee. You guys decided that the best option was to get the ahunka-hunka German love over there, Friedrich, to kind of sweet-talk his way it with Martha and see what can happen from there with the rest of you guys either being posted outside near the club or inside the club. But 
when Friedrich went to go talk to Martha, she took his hand and began having a heart-to-heart with him until he felt the chill of a banshee begin to creep down his spine where he is now caught in the gaze of a banshee-fied, is the word we're using, Martha. But before we get into that, while this is all going down, outside, Corey, you and Officer Quinn are just chilling outside. Quinn Quinn is not necessarily smoking, but he is eating like a dum-dum, so he's kind of sucking on a dum-dum, just chilling. Not really saying much, just... Posted up against the wall, arms crossed, and just kind of tapping his foot. Yeah, I mean, he also has a shotgun no, that's yeah. drunk to his back. So, what is your view on me, Quinn? Do you want... How would you like this? Do you want me to sugarcoat it, or do you want me to be brutally honest? Let's be honest. The world was not kind to me, so let's hear the honest truth. Alrighty. I'll be frank. Court, Mr. O'Reilly, I have a hard time trusting you given your sordid past, but I've come to terms with that, and I am trying to keep an open mind because you are an asset that we need in order to complete this case. On a personal level, I don't trust you as far as I could throw you, but I'm a little more lenient, unlike Quinn. Uh, Officer Dawes is, but she's always hard-headed. She's been like that since the Academy days. But I do warn but, I, like I said at the weapons cache, I'm pretty much open to anything, and I'm willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. But I do warn you, if you try to screw over my friends, or if you put them in danger, unnecessary danger, then you will have to answer to me. That is understandable. It feels weird, actually, just talking to cops, not running. It feels weird. But I guess this is what happens when you choose to retire. Well, speaking of retirement, does it ever cross your mind that you want back into the game of being a mobster? Do you want me to sugarcoat this or be the honest truth? It's only fair I gave you my honest answer, so it would be the gentlemanly thing to do if you give me your honest answer. See, I don't want to go back. But I'm struck up by my own honor. And I promised that if they ever needed my help, I would come back. That part of my life is done. I still have connections to it, and there's no way I'm going to shake them. But for the most part, that part of me is done. I just want to make sure the world's good for my daughters now. I didn't know you were a family guy. That's actually quite surprising. I want... Let me put it this way. There's a reason why I'm a family guy. I want to be better than my father. No. Feel free to say no, Mr. O'Reilly, but... I'm assuming your father was not the nicest person. I have several promises to myself. One of them is, with this retirement, I shall not kill. That is... I am willing to break that one. If he reappears again. Done enough harm to enough people already. What kind of man was he exactly? One that you people should have caught him long ago. But he's the one who got away, you could say. Kills, hmm. beats, chooses whatever he wants. I don't know 
Or you may have disappeared or died. I don't know, but... Always, if he ever does come back, it has to be done. Then, I appreciate the vulnerability, Mr. O'Reilly. And if I must go to prison for that, I will accept it. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. No, trust me. Depending on what happens there, there's no way... Most likely, I am going to go to jail. I know myself. I have covered my. I may have covered my tracks when I was young, but there's no way I will be able to do that with him. On top of that, too, it's not just you anymore. If I can be frank, you need to be a little more careful with your decisions because it's not just affecting you anymore. It's affecting your daughters too. And how are they going to feel, and how it's going to affect them if? their parental figure gets thrown in the slammer. Not well, but I don't want him close to anyone again. Our mother has already been through enough. I've been through enough. I don't want my girls to experience him. There's been... And if I must go to prison for it, then so be it. I will... If it hurts, it'll be more hurtful if he gets to them than if I just get go to prison. There's a brief moment where Officer Quinn just lets the air of the conversation hang a little bit with neither one of you talking for a couple of seconds. But then Quinn turns to you, Corey, and there's a more softened expression on his face as he looks at you. And he says, now this may be a long shot, but... I would rather not see your daughters grow up fatherless. I know firsthand exactly how that can be when you have no parental figure raising a child. So let's try and prevent that. I shouldn't even be saying this, but if you would like, you've seen my skill set, and you've heard Footy Derek talk about how great I am when it comes to finding information, especially information that most people wouldn't know to look for. So, if you wish it, I'd be more than willing to see if I could find anything about your father's whereabouts on one condition. If I do, we work together to bring him in. Therefore, you don't have to get your own hands dirty, and we can do things by the book and make sure that he atones for his crimes. I hope the world works out that way. He's, but if he's been hidden from this long from even believe me, he's not going to be found with ease, and I don't see you'll find him, but I will try to work with the cops to put him away. The worst thing that can happen is, as you said, we don't find anything. But then again, most cops don't have my skill set. But with your permission, I would definitely at least like to try. And if I don't find anything, then we can forget this talk ever happened. I will agree to that. I wonder how Friedrich is doing right now. I don't know. This is, it's a very dangerous situation in there. If you say so, it's just a jazz singer lady, but I'm sure he'll be fine. We will see. Meanwhile... <laughs> Cutting back inside the dressing room, Friedrich, you find yourself holding onto the hands of Martha 
as the Banshee takes its hands and puts it on top of yours and Martha's. And as you look directly at her, Martha's eyes are now a piercing glowing red with the visage of the Banshee behind her. So, Friedrich, this is where I'm going to have you do something for me. Every single person has some sort of pain that aches at them, whether they're conscious of it or not. And this is going to require you to get a little vulnerable with your character, so I'm just giving you a forewarning. It's about to get a little heavy, so... For Friedrich, what is the one thing that, within his heart, is his greatest pain? And that can be also what is his biggest guilt, what is his biggest shortcoming... What is the thing that pains Friedrich on a daily basis that even maybe some people don't know or are aware of, even including his close friends of Quinn and Daz? To simplify it, his biggest pain is, unlike Mac, Friedrich doesn't have anybody. Any sibling, he had two sisters and a brother. They all passed away at a young age. His father passed away. And then up until just a couple short months ago, his mother had passed away. His father had no brothers. So Friedrich is the last, as you would say, he is the last of his family's bloodline. And as he was becoming an adult, he always started off joking with his parents, saying that, yeah, he's going to find somebody. He's going to settle down and we're, we're going to keep the family going. But. Eventually, it went from joking to actually being serious. And for pretty much his entire life, he's never had, he's never had anybody relationship-wise. And to get a little more in detail, the only time he's ever came close to actually having a relationship family-wise was uh, just before he joined the police academy. He met one girl, and she was also actually from Germany, like he was. Or her family was from Germany, like his family was. But as he started to come closer and closer to opening himself up to a relationship, she just left him out to dry. So he beats himself up knowing that he was there. He was almost at the point to where he could actually settled down but she just up and left him and that devastated and as close as Das and Quinn are he's never told them that basically he just told them yeah we were in a relationship but it never really worked and he just left it at that. so as far as Quinn and Das know and because I would say as far as everybody knows, but it's just those two because those are the only two he's ever really opened up to. But as far as anyone knows, he's never had a relationship. He doesn't have he doesn't have anybody anymore. That's why he cares so much about Das and Quinn is those two are the only people that's like family to him that he has left. So the biggest thing is the thing that hurts him the most is he doesn't have anybody family wise. Okay, so as these feelings of isolation and loneliness begin to creep 
not only into the back of your mind, but you can find to feel this same kind of heaviness on your heart. As you are looking into Martha's eyes, you see a reflection from her eyes and you begin to have a flashback to a younger day. So at this point, you find yourself basically young little Friedrich, probably seven or eight years old with his family. Uh, you find yourself in your childhood home and you find yourself in your childhood bedroom and from down the stairs you just hear your family so i'm actually going to let you describe what does little friedrich's room look like yeah even though friedrich himself being born here in the united states makes him only second generation german american his room is still it's got like postcards and different posters of like different different beautiful landscapes in germany but being American, he's, he's also got postcards from some distant family that sent him postcards of like the Statue of Liberty or Mount Rushmore. And he's also got, I don't know what you call, what kind of flags are called, but they're the little triangle flags. <laughs> yes, pennants, thank you. And he's got some that's from, from different like baseball teams. You'd see one from like, the Cubs and ones from like a shoot. What's what's the team? Detroit Lions, I think. And so it's got a lot of pictures and stuff from over in Germany, but there's also a lot of Americana set up in his room too. And even though at, the, uh, at seven or eight years old, his family was, lack of better terms, put up with, because most of the people in his childhood neighborhood. They were older generation, so they still hadn't forgot about like World War II and all that. So his family was isolated, but it's not like there wasn't anybody that they could turn to. There are still some people out there. So being mostly isolated, he do he didn't have a lot of nice toys or anything like a, your normal kid on the street in the neighborhood would have. So he would basically just read any kind of books that they were able to get a hold of. So his childhood was really basic. So other than just portraits from Germany and different things of Americana, there's not a whole lot in his room. Okay. So as you find, so it's kind of like one of those out of body experiences while you are physically seven, eight year old little Friedrich, your mind is that of the current day one. And so as you're taking back in your room and during this little flashback, you hear from the bottom of the stairs, you hear, Sweetie, can you come down, please? So are you actually needing me to reply back like I was eight-year-old Friedrich or were you still narrating? I'm sorry. No. So you can reply, you can head downstairs, whatever you want to do. But you just hear a voice saying for you to come downstairs. Yeah, Mata, be right down. And he gets up. You can see him jump off of his bed, stretch up, turn the doorknob, and open up the his door to head downstairs. Okay. So as you are heading downstairs, you get to see a couple family pictures on the wall as you're heading down the stairs. You make your way all the way down, and you find that the first th sense of yours that is 
I don't want to say assaulted, but you are hit with a powerful aroma as you make your way downstairs, and this all smell all too well. It is your mother's special <laughs> dish that she likes to make, and it is one of your all-time favorites. So as you hurriedly make your way to the table, you find your seat, and as you look around, you see your mother in the kitchen continuing to make put the finishing touches on her dish, but you also see your father and your siblings just around the table enjoying each other's company. And before long, your mother brings a big old pot, sets it in the middle of the table, lifts up the lid, and all of you collectively get to the smell of her famous soup. And as she is passing it around, she looks at you, Friedrich, and she says, I know things have been tough since moving here, but I promise things are going to get better. Yeah, yeah. I believe you. It's just why do so many people in this neighborhood have to be so mean, though? They're mean to us just because we're from Germany. We're not. We wasn't born here. You and Papa wasn't born here, but it doesn't mean you guys. They have to be mean to you guys. Your mother walks over to you. She bends down to meet you at eye level. And she says, don't, some people just don't understand who we are, but that doesn't mean that we should hold it against them, Friedrich. The world is so much bigger than just our little neighborhood, and some people may not understand us, but that's okay. We just can't not allow ourselves to let that bother us and to let us affect us and she looks at you and plus a few words here and there won't bother me because even those sticks and stones may break my bones but words can never ever hurt me and I want you to remember that people are going to say mean things about us there might be some times where people say mean things to you but I don't want that to affect your heart and for it to become hard, I want you to be the loving little boy I know you are as she pinches your little cheeks as she says that. Yeah, I understand, Mama. Oh, did I tell you about this new book that I got from the library? It's a, it's a police story. And it's, it talks about a police officer that works with the... They're, they're dogs, but canine, that's what it's called. And I'm reading it, being a polizia, it's dangerous, but I think that's what I want to do when I grow up. And that way I can also show other people that just because we're German, that doesn't mean we're bad. No, my young little Friedrich. Again, some people just don't understand who we are, and sometimes they may not. Sometimes people fear what they don't understand. But I think it's important that when they don't understand that we try and we just talk to them. And she clicks at you and says, and you know what? I think that will be your biggest. That will be the one thing, Friedrich, that I think can help you out the most. is just talking to people and getting to know them. 
and she just pulls you in close for a little hug. I want you to remember that things get. Just know that I'm here. If you ever need anything, I will be there to support you. No, Mama. I know. I love you, Mom. Now then, why don't you tell me a little bit more about the story as we eat dinner together? As she goes back to her seat at the table and serves you some soup and just one arm with her hand resting on her cheek, just looking at you with all the love and affection only a mother can give and just starts intently listening to you as you recount the story that you checked out from the library. So as we exit this flashback, Friedrich, your eyes still looking into the gaze of Martha's, you begin to become overwhelmed by this sense of sadness and melancholy to the point where you start to feel a bit of tears falling from your face as Martha is still holding on to your hands. And you feel that within your heart, you start to feel that heaviness of that pain of loneliness and isolation begin to amplify inside. And as you, still with tears in your eyes, look down as this heaviness begins to grow, you start to see that where your heart is, you start to see a manifestation of kind of these spectral black chains begin to form around it with a dark black onyx lock keeping them in place. So somewhere on your character sheet, I want you to mark the status of brokenhearted too. Okay, just one second. Okay, brokenhearted. Yep, so brokenhearted too. And as you continue to feel this weight begin to continue to build within your heart, the specter of the Banshee begins to recede back into Martha. And you notice that as you're crying, she's also crying too. But there is a kind of melancholy smile plastered across her face and she just looks at you and says the most raw emotion a human being can ever experience is pain and loneliness and sadness all those negative emotions that people tend to try to hide they're the most powerful weapons anyone can manage to have and it's what feeds my talent i don't know why i don't know how but ever since I've been blessed with this gift, I've been able to feed off the negative emotions of people, bring it to the forefront, and then save them, and make them realize how powerful those things are. And Friedrich, even though you're feeling this heaviness in your chest, you get the sneaking suspicion that Martha is starting to lose her grasp on reality just a tiny bit. and. She continues to ramble on ever since I've went to mending the broken. They've just shown me all kinds of things that I don't need to run away from these negative emotions. I just need to share them with other people and show them how wonderful and beautiful that they can be. 
as she's still crying alongside you. And then she brings you in close and just says, Now, now, love, just let those emotions sit and just listen as I take your pain and turn it into a beautiful work of art. And she begins to stand up and she walks out of the dressing room and says, I'll be back a little later, but just you wait. You're going to change millions. You're going to change lots of lives tonight. As she makes her way out of the door, the camera follows her as she walks down the hallway. She dabs the tears out of her eyes to make sure that her eyes aren't as puffy. On the radio. Yeah, we heard you. Sorry that we're late telling you that we heard you. Sorry. My bad. We were just talking about something. What do you need, Friedrich? I just kind of sit there in silence for a few moments. I was, I was just trying to do a comms check. Make sure the radios were working. Sorry, sorry about the right response, though. Saw the Banshee. Definitely mock okay. Do you know if it's on purpose killings? Or what? Against my better judgment, we're still going to try to take her alive. But, uh... Okay. Right now, I just don't know what to do. For the first time in these four years of being on the force, I don't know what to do. This is magical stuff. You need magical help. Someone as senior as I know that. She said something about taking my pain. Making something beautiful out, out of it. And Good. she said that I'm going to change many lives tonight. Could be manipulation of some sort, then. The, uh, actually, hold on just a second. I kind of want to try to get up and peek outside the door to see if she's still in the hallway or not. She's still in the hallway, but she is about to turn the corner and kind of exit and start heading to the stage. So at this point, she is literally turning the corner to head down and get ready to perform. Okay, as soon as she turns the corner, in my head, I'm going to count to about 10, 10,000. And then once I hit that 10, 1,000 mark, I'm still going to be calling out for O'Reilly and Quinn on the radio, but I do it in a semi-hush tone. I'm not shouting it. I'm just like, hey, I need you guys to, to come here. Just loud enough to where it, you can still hear it clearly on their radio. O'Reilly, okay. I'm going to need you to come back here. I need to tell you guys something. Uh, I I not to quit. Uh, actually, I still want the back door in case somebody either tries to run out or someone or something tries to come in through so I want you to stay where you are and just give us a call on the radio every once in a while. Make sure your comms are still working, yeah? Yes. Listen, as I've warned earlier to you, she could have fallen. Remember when you got that whole wolf head situation? That could be what happens to people if they let that part of them control them. They might still go by the name, but they might just become the bent. The, what they are permanently. The, something I've experienced to a loved one, and it's hard to deal with. Powerful. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
O'Reilly already in the dressing room with me, or is he oh, still making uh, his entrance? Oh, my bad. I'll, I'll be going. I'm going in right now. My bad. Yeah. Okay, I was just correcting myself over the radio, saying that I want O'Reilly to come in, but I want Quinn to stay on the door in case somebody try, to make sure nobody goes in or out without us knowing about it. And for Quinn to hail DOS periodically on the radio, to make sure the comms are still working. I'm gonna come in, make my way that way, because I don't have to roll for unsuspicious because. And I'm just going to go to the room. Okay. So you, the dressing room, correct? Yep. Okay. What you need for the so, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to do a little flavor thing. Corey, as you enter the room and you see Rick still on the couch, you see this same kind of lock and chain around where the heart normally is. And it's still visible. So you can see it there as well. So. That's all I wanted to say. I see. Not that much I can do there. Does this mean exactly, Miss O'Reilly? The myth of the Banshee, correct? Nowhere near as much as you. I, I just read a little bit about some. Read a little bit about, about what might hurt them, what might ward some. Other than that, I, I, I don't really know anything about them. There's many different forms of banshees throughout media and everything else. This works in mysterious ways which ones they take and which ones they don't. But in most in most things, the banshee is a spirit who calls for of death when they cry. That's the old I Irish version. When you hear I when your time's up. But they're birds from the mist. They cry all the time. Only because they foresee death. But this one, but with that chain, with the Banshee, could be your time is next. But Banshees only do it because your time has come. I do not know if that is true for you or this current situation. Whether my time is up or not, I do know one thing, Miss O'Reilly. This woman is not getting out of here freely. If I must sacrifice part of my humanity to make sure that I will, there's only so many times you can sacrifice humanity before you lose yourself. And I'm willing to pay at least some of that to No, whether or not my time is up or not, I'm not giving up on this. One thing I do know about my family is we've never given up without a fight. So what do you suggest to be our next course of action, Miss O'Reilly? Depends on how much she has in all honesty, my friend. She has at least a sliver we could take her in alive and try to bring back the humanity. But in my experience, limited as it is, they're fully one thing. The only way to settle everything that has been done is he just makes the universal sign of death. It's the only way I know. So trying to take her in alive is going to be uh, an experiment. If she is full... Because I don't know how you can tell how much life they have in them. But all I do know is when this thing... For guessing I'm sorry, go ahead, Miss O'Reilly. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's fine. 
my guess is she still has at least a little bit left. Because when it usually happens, they only go by what they were. Or what their myth is. So, say that you totally fell to Cerberus. Cerberus is a good dog. Don't get me wrong. But if you fall all the way down that path, you will only be Cerberus. There is no such person as Frederick left. You would call yourself Cerberus and everything. How can I tell if she still is somewhat still Martha? Or if she's totally becomes this banshee? Because all I do know is that I looked into her eyes and I saw myself when I was seven or eight years old. I saw myself sitting around with her with my siblings and my mother and the moment I came out of the moment I came out of that, it's like my heart sank. I just felt heavy. And when I looked, this spirit or specter or whatever you want to call them had its hand on my chest. And when it moved its hand, that's when I saw this lock and chest. I don't know, kid. I'm gonna be completely honest. I know a lot of the myths in this city. How they work sometimes, but they come and go, and then new ones appear, and old ones just reappear. It's a gamble. Some people, there's a reason why I know. Eh, I could go into a bunch of this stuff, but I don't know if she's totally fallen or not. I, we will have to see if we can capture her. But from my experience with my whole thing, that was to protect my daughters. I could not. Let that thing survive. Theoretically, how would someone go about capturing a banshee? Even if it's just theory. She still has a physical body, so that's the good side of it. So, like, they're total spirit, and it looks like they have to make content to do their thing, so we might just be able to capture them normally, but the City of Mist is a really strange place. What makes sense doesn't, and what doesn't make sense does. It works. It's always random what happens. I want to try to get a hold of Das, where she's in the she's got the computer right there with her. Because I can't remember. I want her to pull whatever she can up on Mark. And if there's anything incriminating, I want to be able to by going up and telling Martha that she's being placed under arrest. Because if anything was to happen, I would like to try to get her isolated away from the patrons that's inside the venue. Okay. I'm gonna try something dumb. Okay. What would you like to do? I'm gonna try this with my club because this this will give me key information. Can I touch the... It's like a spiritual chain, right? I'd like to try... Try to touch it with the cane. Okay. You touch it, and you hear rattling when the cane makes contact with the lock and chain, but... It, it doesn't go through. No. Frederick, this might hurt. This might hurt. Do you want this chain off, yes or no? Let's experiment. Let's see what happens. I'm gonna roll change the game. I gotta figure out what... I'm going to use shape change with the let's get dangerous 
And the super strength and sturdy with the weakness of it's still heavy to try to pull the chain off with the club by turning into a crowbar. Okay, let me see. Okay. Yeah, I will say that. So which power tags are you using? Super strength, sturdy, chain shape, and let's get dangerous. With the weakness tag of it's still heavy. Okay. Weakness tag is definitely okay. I will allow shape change, and I will allow let's get dangerous, but I will not allow the other two because they really don't pertain to this situation. But, so with that, two minus one, so that's a plus one, so let's change the game. Let's see what happens. That's a nine. Very good. Wow. And I was (laughs) going to say, all this started happening when I was feeling sad and isolated, right? Yeah, that's about you, the beings of sadness. Now, I was thinking, if in any way could it assist, because even though... You do have that plus one still. Okay. So, I'm going to stop you right there. He is. A, I'm sorry. So I'm going to stop you right there, and I'm going to say no. You cannot assist him because change the game. And this is Corey's, and Corey's alone because he's trying to help you, and the your emotional state wouldn't allow you to be his assistance anyways. So uh huh. I wasn't meaning assist as in me physically helping him. I was just thinking I got this lock and chain from and the. The weakness of broken hearted because I started feeling alone again. I was gonna say, in any ways, I don't know really how to put it, lack of better terms, break that mold because I felt isolated and now all of a sudden, here's somebody actually trying to help me and realizing even if it's just me and him, I'm no longer alone. And then it, and then it, I think again, and I've got two other officers that I know has got my back, my personal friends. So I'm just thinking, and in any ways, does this kind of, in any way, does it kind of help whatever this fancy did to me? Does it help adverse that coming to my senses that, hey, I'm not alone anymore. I've got people that's got my back. I, In other ways, I still do have family. There is no way I can do anything major here for that chain. So I'm going to do, I'm going to help you out with what you're planning, Friedrich. Okay, so hang on. I'm going to, for my change the game, I'm going to reduce a status of the broken heart by one. Okay. Frederick, Corey tries, he cannot break the chain. Definitely tried, though. Okay. So let me resolve this because I need to resolve because a lot was happening before I got to resolve anything. <laughs> so let's go back to the top of it. So first and foremost, with that nine, that is a soft success with complications. You just basically narrated it. So I'm just going to I had something different planned, but I'm going to go with yours. So you're able to reduce the would change the game. You're able to reduce it down to broken heart one. So unfortunately, you are unable to break the locket chain on his heart, but the status effect has been reduced to one. 
So Friedrich, the heaviness is lifted a little bit, but you still feel a little heaviness to it. And in regards to what you were saying, this is going to be fun because I'm actually going to bring in world, real world psychology here. Based on the way that we built Friedrich in character creation with the loneliness, it is a feeling that doesn't necessarily just go away in the moment. So I think what I will say for you is, is that, yes, you do have people who you can count on to lean on. And Corey was able to reduce that heaviness a little bit. But until you yourself find a way to truly unlock that lock that is on your heart, you still have heaviness to it. And you have to find a way to be able to free yourself from that in order to truly be liberated over your feelings of loneliness. Does that make sense? Yeah, that actually does make sense. Yes. Okay. So I will say with all that, you two are able to come to an agreement and you both seem to have a plan of action to try to prevent what is about to go down. So as you two just nod to each other and head out of the dressing room to head into the washboard, that is where we're going to end tonight's episode. <laughs> now we get to geek out for the two episodes. So ah. at, any, at any point, these are going to be broken into two separate ones. So let's just focus on the what we just recorded right now. <laughs> Who wants to start the geek out? <laughs> well, since you offered, why don't you go first? <laughs> okay. For me, I really love Friedrichsy. Just like you, it hurt me. I will shed. Okay. I I will shed some tears, and I did. But yeah, and I really enjoy Quinn more now. <laughs> for now. I said more now. Oh, I thought you said for now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for now. Yes, I'm totally paying to murder all of you now. Alrighty. Then, Josh, what was something that you enjoyed? Even though it was heartbreaking and I started to get, started to get a little emotional, I really did enjoy the flashback. I'm glad you enjoyed that part. So, oof. Oh, boy. Okay, so for me... Honestly, I enjoyed the entire episode only because I wanted to take an opportunity to start adding some dimension, not only to your guys's characters, but add some dimension to some of the NPCs as well. So I wanted to make this episode more of a general RP to get the added dimension. And I wanted to start playing with the ideas that you gave me for your characters. And honestly, it worked out that you guys decided to send Friedrich in to go talk to Martha by himself because it gave me that opportunity to play with his backstory a little bit. And then honestly, for me, too, I think one of the things I really enjoyed, because especially when it comes to the heaviness that is like these personal demons that people face like loneliness, depression, those kinds of things. It's always a struggle for me as a game master to make sure that those things are handled with care. So that's why I wanted to get my point across. But what I really enjoyed was the fact that you, Echo, succeeded enough on that role that you were able to reduce the status. So metaphorically speaking, I appreciate that the healing process has begun through that. 
So I'm excited to see where that goes for Josh, for your character. So overall, I'm just, I just really enjoyed it. And I just happy for the opportunity that you guys just let me play and added dimension to your characters. It is funny how this episode began with, Hey, I need to get revenge to sad homie life. And then I'm trying to help. I don't know what we're doing completely. This because City of Mist is weird, but I'm trying. <laughs> that's and how. The- and honestly, and sometimes that's okay. We're not always going to be investigating or jumping into combat. I think it just it's a nice balance between the both to balance out those progressing the case moments, but also making sure that we add dimension to characters because a well-rounded also- character is a strong character. <laughs> Yeah, also, we will. Also, people, we will have the potluck episode. Oh, it's already in the works. I have plans. Like, we're, once this case is wrapped up, we will get into all that. But speaking of wrapping up, for those of you who stuck with us for this episode, thank you for listening to another grand episode, adventure, whatever you want to call it, of Knights of Paint Town, a City of Mist actual play podcast. From me and my amazing cast here, remember everyone, take care of one another, love each other, and as always, let the good times roll. Until next episode, see y'all later.